Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. Welcome to a special episode of the show brought to you in partnership with Arlington Economic Development, where we discuss issues related to the workforce, the role of place in the future of work, and the role of the creative sector in a larger business context. We call this Return on Creativity. Today, we're going to talk about the changing role of HR and how organizations need to ensure their talent acquisition or retention strategies take into account a broader scope and perspective than narrowly focusing on compliance. Instead, organizations who think of employee acquisition and retention in terms of how other areas of the organization have been thinking about customer acquisition and retention will set themselves up for success. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Anissa Deshpande, principal of Loglab and author of the book, The Comeback. Welcome to the show, Anissa. Greg, thanks for having me again. Yeah, returning uh, returning champion here. So looking forward to talking with you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, glad, glad to have you back. And um, also it was great to see you as a participant at the Return on Creativity event in, in July. I thought we had some, some great discussions there. Um, so uh, for those that didn't catch the last show or didn't get to see you at the event, uh, why don't you give everybody a little background on who you are and, and what you do as principal of Loeb Lab? Sure. Well, Greg, I have uh, over 25 years of experience in HR, IT, finance, and strategy. And six and a half years ago, I launched Loeb Lab, which is an HR advisory services firm. And we do three things. The first is we provide fractional chief people officer services to uh, emerging growth and investor-backed companies, mostly focused in the middle market space. Um, we also do coaching for emerging um, HR leaders. And lastly, we've been building content. So uh, we've got video courses and as you mentioned, the book. And the, the concept is that around all of these is we're really trying to modernize HR, which means make HR into a function which um, helps businesses grow revenue and create a place where people love to work. You recently wrote a book uh, called The Comeback, uh, which I had the opportunity to read and really enjoyed reading it. Um, it's an unusual take on the business book in the in the sense that it's written in the form of a novel, which I think is a, a novel approach, <laughs> so to speak. So. Um, First, uh, you know, what was the message that you wanted to convey with the book? Yeah, so I've been talking about modernizing HR for probably the last uh, 10 years, you know, be, even before I went out on my own. And one of the challenges that I kept running into is I would give people examples of what modern HR would look like and they get it, but they wouldn't really consume it and internalize it. And so I had all of these little anecdotes and, and data points that I had built up over a period of time. And I thought putting it together in this fictional way would help a CEO or HR person really visualize how a company could be impacted by modernizing their HR function and how it could 
help them through some of the business challenges that we face today. And this book is very much about an external business threat, right? A new competitor that's coming in, that's causing challenges across the business. The business has to shore up on all fronts, whether it's sales, operations, R&D, and it also needs to shore up on the people front. And so the focus is really diving into that people front and how that journey happens. Um, but I wanted, I really wanted the reader to, to take away from this book, you know, this is what, you know, this is how HR can make a difference, a real difference in how a company operates and achieves its goals. Why did you feel that using the form of a novel was the best way to get this message across? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I did think about writing a book called like the six principles of modern HR, but I, I didn't think a lot of people would be interested in reading it. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what, I've always been a creative person. Um, I have a, a big imagination. I've always loved creative writing. I'm a poet, um, among other things. And I wanted something that I would be excited to read and that I would be excited to write um, because I was writing this during the pandemic. And so, you know, it was a great escape for me to be able to spend some time in this world with these different characters. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's really the reason why I decided to write it. And I wanted a book that, you know, my friends and my family could read and really also get a sense of what it is I do. So, yeah, it's been, it was a lot of fun to put together and, and it was a real challenge to write fiction, I'll say too, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed reading it and I do, it, it, it's really a good way to put yourself into their shoes and, you know, cause I mean, I read a ton of business books and I'm constantly listening to audiobooks, and, you know, depending on, um, they they can be very dry and they can be very, you know, even if it's great content and well-researched and, and so on and so forth, it's, it, it was refreshing to be able to kind of take this approach and, and really experience some things firsthand. So I, I, I thought you did a great job with it. Thanks, Greg. Um, so you, you mentioned a little bit of, of this uh, in your, in your last, uh, what you said last, but you know, what, what were the challenges of writing it in the form of an, uh, a novel and, uh, you know, how, how might that differ from somebody reading, writing a, a more standard business book? One of the biggest challenges was getting into the mindset of each character. So when you set off to write a fiction book, one of the first things that you do is you write all the main characters' backstories. So from the point they were born up until where they are now. And of course, those backstories can change as you need them to, to for the story to work. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot of thought that goes into um, fig figuring out what their mindset is, right? And so, you know, my experience has been working as an HR leader, working as an IT leader, uh, you know, being in finance or strategy. And so I think what was the most interesting to me was getting into the mindset of the CEO and how he'd be thinking about things, getting into the mindset of the sales leader and how and what his response would be to certain things or thinking about the chief operations officer and uh, you know, what, what her perspective would be on a certain, on a certain topic. So I think for me that the biggest challenge was all that context switching to make sure that those characters were authentic and real and representing their points of view um, with the right perspective. 
That's great. Yeah, and I, I definitely could see uh, several people I've I've known and worked with, and and some of those some of those characters that I think that that definitely helped uh, add to it as well. Um, great. Well, let's let's talk a little um, more about the themes in the book and this this shifting role of HR, as you said at the at the top of the show. Um, as well as how having a coach can help leaders as they navigate change. So, you know, what would you consider to be the biggest challenge or challenges of, of HR leaders today? Yeah, I mean, I think HR leaders are really at an inflection point, and especially those that have been in the role or in the industry or function, I should say, for a long period of time. And, you know, HR is, is continuously being asked to make this transition from a cost center mindset to really a, a growth enablement or a revenue enablement mindset. And, you know, I think it takes a lot of a strategic acumen and it's not a role that HR has played historically in the past. And so um, I think the biggest challenge is, you know, figuring out how to make that transition to think more broadly about the organization and to take that external point of view, right? A lot of HR in the past has been focused internally on, you know, how are the employees doing? What is our turnover like? Um, you know, what's our engagement level? But it hasn't been focused on how do we attract the talent that we need? Um, how are we differentiating ourselves from our competitors from an external talent perspective? Um, you know, just like operations and marketing and sales, take a very external point of view on, um, on their work, I think HR has to do more of that and really start to think of themselves as a position or function in the organization that can have a significant impact on the business. And I think that's the biggest challenge for HR leaders. And it's the challenge is twofold, right? It's that internal challenge of, I need to think more broadly about the role of HR in the organization, but it's also helping leadership and, you know, the other leaders within the company really think about HR differently and understand the value that they can bring. And so it's a mindset shift across the business, not just the HR folks. I'm a strong believer in the, the coaching process. I mean, having been coached and coaching some myself in, in some areas, um, I definitely believe in that. How, how does having a coach help HR leaders? How would you how would you describe that? The benefits there? Yeah, you know, I think HR leaders, uh, and, and you know, some of the HR leaders that I work with and, and have seen across um, the industry, like they, they know their stuff really well. They are very sharp. They, um, they also know what they don't know, but they struggle sometimes to put to talk about the work that they're doing in terms of the business. And, and this isn't just HR, right? I think this is any functional area, whether it's IT, whether it's finance, whether it's legal, everyone tends to use jargon um, to explain what they're trying to do. Or, you know, like if you're thinking about uh, a, a talent review, for example, HR will use words like competencies and talent reviews right. or sorry, assessments and all of these things that are very specific to HR and everyone in HR knows what those things mean, but business people have a hard time understanding what it is they're trying to get to, or what the outcomes of what they're of what they're proposing are going to, what the outcomes are going to be for what they're proposing. And so, I think a lot of it is getting them to think like a business person, to use the language of the business to explain what they're doing, um, and then to just make sure that 
you know, what they're doing is designed from the point of view of the employees and managers and is going to have a direct impact, right? If it feels like a check the box activity, which, you know, it may be necessary, we, we may need to do something, but if it feels like it's a check the box activity, no one's going to be excited to do it. But if we can take a check the box activity and make it something that is compelling and interesting and shows value to the business, I think that's where uh, we get a lot of bang for our buck. So it's not just, and, and this isn't just an HR challenge, right? This is a challenge for any functional area of the business. How do you get people to, or how do you explain what you have to do in terms of the business so that they understand what's in it for them and why they need to do that? How do you drive that compelling why? Um, I think that's a lot of, a lot of what the coaching really focuses on. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you know, HR's, HR's role is in a sense, it's expanding, but it also needs input and, and communication and relationships with um, individuals well outside of the HR function. Do you find a lot of HR leaders, do they, do they get that premise already or, and, and they just, might not know how to navigate that within their own organizations? Or do you think there's still a lot of learning yet to go as far as HR kind of learning to look outside the it, its immediate borders, so to speak? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the people I work with all get it. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, I, I think in HR, we're starting to see that, that more and more people get it. I think there's like, everyone's just struggling with the how. Yeah. And a lot of times it's also, you know, companies that, you know, it, it's not just a transition within HR, but it's a transition within, um, you know, the, the organization itself. And so I think that's a lot of, of what we um, are dealing with in the HR space. Yeah. In the book, um, the protagonist has some initial skepticism about hiring a coach and, uh, you know, often I think a lot of people think they kind of have things covered or maybe even that hiring someone from the outside means that they're lacking in something or, or something like that. But, you know, how do you, how do you work with individuals and, and organizations to kind of help them get over some of those, that initial reluctance and, and really see the true value in hiring a coach or consultant or, or things like that? Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because I think when I first launched my business, I used to, um, follow that old adage and, and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like, don't take no for an answer. Right. And I would push and push and push and, um, not, not to the point of annoyance, but I just kept trying to figure out how to get to yes. Yeah. Over time, I I've realized that, you know, this works best when people know that they need the help and really want the help. Right. And so I, I really have targeted my business over the last, few years to focus on more of that investor backed community, because I think there's a strategic imperative for them to grow and they need to do something. Uh, they know they need to do something to, to achieve, um, investor objectives. So there's, you know, there's a little bit more of a desire and a drive to do something. Um, and so I, if, if somebody isn't interested in, you know, or if somebody needs to be pushed too much, um, I won't, I won't pursue it. Um, I, I just think that there's, there's, you know, clients that really make sense to work with and clients that don't. So I really just try to focus on the people that, that really want this, that want to make this change because that's where we all have the most success and that's the most fun to work on. 
Um, the other thing that I've done is um, I target my, um, my sales target is really a CEO. Uh, there's some, from time to time I do target HR, but most of the times I'm selling to the CEO and most of the times the CEO is also coming to me even on the coaching side of the business and asking for some help because a lot of times they see that, Hey, I've got a great person here. I think they can do it. They just need some guidance on the best way to get there. And, um, and so, and the last thing I've done is I've created a lot of, I've created uh, service offerings, which are packages that are all out on the website. And um, there's options for how you want to do it. The CEO can pick and choose what he wants. And that takes away from the, oh my God, the consultant is so expensive. They're going to bill all these hours and I'm going to end up with this huge bill. These are fixed price monthly offerings. And um, I actually based it off of um, how I um, how I buy services from my personal trainer, right? She offers packages and you just sign up and you take, you know, you, you get a certain number of workouts per month and it's there's no obligation beyond that month. And I mean, I've been doing that for 14 years and it's adding a lot of values. So I don't see any changes from that. I just took that model and I applied it to my own business of how can, how do we just create value? There's no minimum. So it's month to month and, um, you know, you can cancel at any time. And, and most of my clients have stuck around for, you know, um, a good nine months or so until they're ready to, to hire somebody on the chief people officer side. And I've had coaching clients, where some of the folks have done extraordinarily well, gone on to be, you know, started as kind of coordinators and now are in the manager or director level and, you know, have, are really doing well. And our coaching has just changed over the years to um, enable their growth. I use the term lose, but it's not really lose. You know, it's hard to lose a client, but sometimes you actually have to coach them into making a, a full-time hire, like you're saying, or, you know, just make a positive decision that may or may not include, um, you know, your consulting services. And I think, you know, I think in the long run, that speaks well of someone that's not just trying to, you know, hold on to their consulting work, but really looking out for the what's best for the organization. And oftentimes that means repeat work or they call you back when, you know, in a, in a year or two when they need help or even sooner or something like that, but just, you know, not um, I think being open to that idea that you you know you may be very helpful for a relatively short period of time, but um, you know not not just trying to hold on to that I, I think is is smart, and I think it, it makes happy customers. Yeah, I think it it really means that you've done your job right. I mean, you've gotten them to what you you've set out to help them grow, and you've helped them grow into where they're where they need something bigger and better maybe not better but just bigger how's that yeah 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 exactly not not better yeah (laughs) but no no that's that's i think i think that's a great that's a great philosophy and i think again i think that makes really happy people that want to recommend um recommend services to to their you know colleagues and and people like that as well and so i think it all it all it all ends up well in the end so yeah that's, that's great um, well, one last question before we wrap up here, um, going back to the book a little bit, um, could you just, as a fellow author, um, I always like to ask a question about just kind of the writing process. And, you know, we talked a little bit about why, why the approach that you took, but just, you know, is there anything else that you kind of learned or had to think about in a slightly different way, just whether that's based on the, the way that you told the story or just the, the writing process versus, 
Um, you know, you, you do this for, for lots of, lots of clients of all, you know, you do this day in, day out, but writing a book about it, anything you learned through that process. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of things. And so in the process itself, I really had to learn how to write fiction, um, which was totally different than anything I had done. And I think I, I was doing okay on the dialogue piece of it. Um, I worked with an editor who was fantastic. Uh, she really coached me on how to write. And I, I, I think I was okay on the dialogue, but I was struggling to set the scene. Um, and that was, and she called it, she used to call it brushstrokes, um, you know, really adding brushstrokes to the story so that people could get a sense of the, of the overall environment that, that, um, that, you know, that we, so they could picture the story yeah. in their head is really the way I would describe it. Um, so, so that was one thing. And I think the second thing, when I wrote the book, I mean, I wrote the book to tell the story about how modern HR works. And then when I stepped away from it and I do do coaching, but you know, primarily my business had been on the fractional chief people officer services. I think the book helped me realize that, you know, coaching in HR is a really great service offering. So I've launched that now as well. And then marketing that and, and selling that and, and really enjoying the work and getting to meet some terrific emerging growth HR leaders or emerging HR leaders and um, that are really starting to demonstrate that they have what it takes to be a modern HR leader and watching them go through the transition has been really fulfilling for me. And so, yeah, it's really helped me to, to maybe think about this other service offering and formalize it a little bit more than I have in the past. That's great. Um, well, Anissa, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to learn more about what you're doing and keep up and, and where can they find the book? Yeah, so um, you can go to my website at httpwwwthelowlab.net. Uh, the book information on there's a link to the book, which is also available on Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at Anissa D. Um, and uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Anissa Deshpande, uh, principal of Logue Lab and author of the book, The Comeback, uh, for joining the show. Uh, to learn more about Return on Creativity, brought to you by the Agile World and Arlington Economic Development, please go to returnoncreativity.com. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.